Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This is our 2019 year in review episode. But, but, <laughs> it's also the first time, and, and, and probably, we'll probably only get this done like one or two more times, right? Like a, <laughs> like a decade in review episode. So, it's a first yeah. for us. Well, and that's the weird thing, because we started in 2011, so realistically, we could have done another year before we did a full decade review, but mm-hmm. 2020 is nice and clean, so we might as well just get it out of the way, is how I look at it. For sure. So, I mean, we're not going to you know, recap each year, but Rob, the statistician that he's become in the <laughs> eight plus years that we're doing this podcast... Um, went and, and sourced just a ton of information. We are going to talk about our best and worst books of every year, and then we're going to try to see if there's a clean-cut winner or loser, maybe, for all of it. I don't know if we'll get to that. That's a little tough. <laughs> Looking at this information, it's 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 a ton of words on a really pretty spreadsheet. So uh, first thing I want to do is give Spreadsheet of the Year um, award to Rob. Hey. Yeah, so congratulations, Rob. Spreadsheet of the year for Booked. Oh, I think the fix was in on that one because I don't know if you've <laughs> yeah, you created were also, any. Yeah, you were also second place. And honestly, you were in last place too for Spreadsheet oh, no. of the year. But <laughs> yeah, we're just, we'll give you the award for being top. All right. Hey, I wasn't expecting that. So it's already, this, this is off to an excellent start. <laughs> so um, let's kick it off right away, man. Let's start back in 2011. Now, here's what I'll say. In some cases, Rob and I were on the exact same page for a best or a worst book. But what we did was really Rob did, went back and got our top three and our bottom three, in large part based on our ratings. In some cases, there were some decisions to be made if there were books with similar ratings or whatever. But it was pretty clear cut for each one of us, I, I feel. And then we tried to see if between those two lists, we could identify kind of on a point system what overall we thought the best book was. Am I explaining that in a way that makes sense, Rob? Does that? Yeah, and actually, um, a little peek behind the curtain that no one wants to look behind. Um, for as much as possible, I went and I listened to our year interview episodes to hear what we said our top one, two, and three, and bottom one, two, and three were. And then I filled in the gaps with uh, star rating information if we didn't go through. Because some years, for some reason, we didn't give all three of our top or a bottom. Or sometimes, there's actually 2013, we didn't do a year in review at all, which was kind of surprising to me because we did for the previous two years and every year after. So, but yeah, that was, that was kind of my method for this. Hey, you know what? Keep that in mind though. Cause you know, come May or whatever, when we have like a gap week, we could just do the 2013. Year <laughs> <in Europe> episode. <laughs> it's, the, it's the year in review episode you've been waiting for, for seven years. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know you're a little bit of a completionist, so I hate to think that you're losing sleep over not having done a 2013 <laughs> year review episode. So we'll, you never know what, what 2020 will bring. Just be careful what you wish for. Cause now I'm going to go see what, what other things we failed to do. Good Lord. All right. Yeah. A new spreadsheet. Um, some years we'll have just one book. Um, some years we'll have two, maybe even talk about three. Cause we, you know, kind of really came together on, on a result. Um, and I mean, I guess I'll, I'll let Rob start. Well, I guess we'll just go sequential and obviously we don't want to make it too boring, but, um, looking at 2011, we, um, we did, we did agree on more or less most of the stuff. Uh, I'll start with our, our least favorite books, 2011 as a podcast overall, Robo Apocalypse was the worst book of the year <laughs> and like a runner up would be. Uh, the book Plugged by, oh, I think his name is Owen Colfer, um, mm-hmm. who is the author of the Artemis Fowl series. I just want to say that it greatly saddens me because the list I'm looking at has our individual top three, bottom three. And I am just really <laughs> sad that the second worst book we reviewed in our first year was the second book we reviewed. Like, we didn't have to go very far for you to find the worst book of the year, second worst book of the year in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weirdly, the Owen Culfer guy that did Plugged, by mm-hmm. the way, um, in researching the book uh, itself, I discovered he has written subsequent novels using that same character. 
that we could have if we knew about it we could have done a follow-up to see if he got any better but we didn't we didn't do that probably okay that, probably that we, yeah. we passed on that um I, i'm gonna go with 2011 is the only year where we had a clear-cut three top three so uh we'll start with uh with number three um warmed and bound our number three favorite book of 2011 uh that was uh that was a very influential book for us because it put us in touch with a lot of people and, and quite honestly shaped the first couple of years of the podcast from an interview standpoint, um, probably from some of the books we reviewed that maybe we wouldn't have been aware of if it wasn't for Warmed and Bound. So not only did it come in in third place, um, but it was really an important book for us in 2011. I agree. Uh, number two, Aaron Morgenstern, The, the Night Circus. We still talk about that book to this day. I think it comes up probably every fifth or sixth episode. So if you're a constant listener, you will have uh, heard us uh, praise Night Circus uh, fairly often on this podcast. And the number one book of 2011, Strangeness in the Proportion by Josh Deach, friend of this podcast. And uh, another book that personally comes up for me pretty frequently. Like that book, you know, I've seen things that remind me of that book in modern TV and movies. And, and I think about it um, an awful lot for a book I read nine years ago. Fun fact about that book um, in the copy that I own, obviously I had Josh sign it and um, <laughs> the inscription's hilarious. It says something like, uh, thanks for all the um, necro help with the necrophilia research, victimless crime. And then his signature. So <laughs> the only book that I ever got that had a toe tag in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, love Josh. I can't wait for him to write more stuff. He's got some short stories coming out, I think, uh, very soon. So uh, let's move this along and uh, talk a little bit about. Two th- Am I just going to do the worst lists? Are we going to flip this oh, around? No, or? no, no. I will flip it around. I'll do the worst for 2012. 2012 had a clean cut winner for worst. Now, <laughs> here's what I want to say. In 2012, we reviewed Fifty Shades of Grey. And it is not the worst book that we reviewed <laughs> in 2012. So I want everyone, I want to let yeah. that simmer for a second right before I bring up. And uh, because this doesn't have the authors on, I'm going to lean on Rob a little bit. I know who one of the authors of this book is. It's James Patterson. The other author? Michael Ledwidge. Michael Ledwidge. Sorry, Michael. Um, Zoo was the worst book that we <laughs> reviewed. Um, and then we were in full agreement on this. Uh, the worst book we reviewed in 2012. Uh, oddly enough, probably one of the top five most listened to episodes in our podcast history, though. That's just bizarre. Like, I, I mean, I look, I just I really don't understand that. And it's not because I think the book was bad. I don't know that that book like hit the the top of the bestseller list. Yeah. Wasn't a standalone James Patterson. Those always do very, very well. Like, I, I can't quite explain why <laughs> that's one of the most listened episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On a brighter note, um, 2012 gave us a ton of awesome books, and we agreed on the top two um, for for the podcast. The second best book that we reviewed in 2012, S.G. Brown, one of our favorite authors, good friend of the podcast, wrote I Saw Zombies Eating Santa Claus, um, which I think is probably novella length. Um, obviously, Christmas-themed zombie book featuring character the character from Breathers, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to make, make sure I got that right. And you did. And oh, I mean, it wasn't even, wasn't even, I knew that whatever year this book fell into, it was going to be the one that we, we voted the best one. Matthew McBride's Frank Sinatra in a blender. Remains um, for me, one of the most fun books that we've reviewed <laughs> I to just, this day. So. Oh man, I, I can, I, I remember a scene in that book where the bad guys are like leaving the scene of something that just happened and they're like running to their car, but they both are carrying like bloody Mary's. Oh man. Such a good book. Excellent. Excellent <laughs> book. Um, why don't you take the worst for 2013? Now this book is a little bit weird because while it is the worst book of 2013, it also has the only, um, it was the only contender for best beer coaster we've reviewed. Stud book by Monica Drake, if anybody remembers. We talked about it a bunch. The copy that we have had that we kind of shared to read 
um, ended up being just kind of a permanent fixture on the desk where I record the podcast and I used it to set my beers on so that it wouldn't make like a, like a thunky kind of noise when I set it down. So, uh, worst book, of, coaster. <laughs> worst book of 2013, best beer coaster of the entire history of the podcast. For sure. Um, I will say in looking at the list, Cuckoo's Calling was, was, a was, was a, pretty close to second based yeah. on where our lists were so the the jk rowling um the robert what's galbraith. that called yeah. yeah robert galbraith uh <laughs> you know ego alter ego uh cuckoo's calling i didn't remember you being that down on cuckoo's calling when i saw it was on your your top <laughs> bottom three list too i was actually a little surprised um when well, that I, popped up so. i think it was because you know just in comparison to the harry potter books you know, it's just a big fall. Yeah, so, I uh, I wouldn't know, but I I imagine that it also fell in sales too. So, twenty thirteen, uh, we have a, a clear cut top two. Fish bites cop. David James Keaton shouldn't surprise anybody. Keaton, uh, we're huge fans of his back from year one or two, probably year one. Um, love everything that guy does. Fish bites cop was the uh, kind of clean cut number two and number one. The least of my scars, Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, that was uh, still, again, one of those books where I, I look. I have a terrible memory. I was looking through some of these lists. I was like, "Did we review? I don't even know what this fucking book is." I'm looking right now. Zeros. What the hell is zeros? <laughs> Wait, what year are you looking so, at? It's... No, I know. I just I glanced out at the list. <laughs> was what's the first thing that doesn't look familiar? It's zeros. Was that hackers? Right? It was hackers. It was Chuck Wendig. Yeah, it was the book about Wendig, the AI yeah. and the hackers. All right, so I guess I do remember that one. But Least of My Scars, another <laughs> tremendously well-written book from Stephen Graham Jones, and that topped our list of 2013 books. So good. So good. I'm going to take uh, the worst of 2014. Um, it is it is the only well, – no, I guess we got a couple of years ago, three. Uh, I guess I have to mention it. Rick Springfield's Magnificent Vibration came in third third worst of the year so i guess it could be worse than that right it could be two worse than that um the city which was dean Koontz, right yeah dean Koontz book the city took a uh, second place and then <laughs> the sequel to robo apocalypse <laughs> no surprise here robo genesis um topped our worst books of 2014 <laughs> <sighs> yeah uh first first author to hit two worst books of the year so it's not looking good for daniel h wilson on the bright side 2014 brought us a bunch of ton stuff on the bright side uh 2014 brought us some better stuff too so uh second best book of 2014 david james keaton makes another appearance with the last projector which was this 550 page just fucking crazy uh novel that throughout the years previous we had had him on for live readings and stuff and you know had parts of that book kind of already on the books by the time that was published but we love that and 2014 it's crazy that it was that long ago uh introduced us to josh mallerman's bird box which we uh unanimously decided best book of 2014 excellent excellent stuff there um oh this next list you go ahead man all right bottom the worst book <laughs> 2015 worst books i'm just gonna rock right through this prince lestat and rice which i want to say she did appear um previously on one of our personal worsts of the year list livius didn't care for wolf gift neither did i but i guess i just liked it a little better maybe well, anyway uh, yeah. prince lestat uh the second worst book <laughs> this is all right so this is how bad the first <laughs> worst book is because the second worst <laughs> book is backdooring the brat which was a erotica like free book on Amazon, which was mm -hmm. terrible. <laughs> but well, still, <laughs> by book, by book, it was like fourteen pages yeah, of was, like yeah. stepdad porn. Yeah, yeah. Still better than Gray, um, the the retelling of Fifty Shades of Gray from the perspective of the dude um, by uh, El James, right? El James. El James. Yep. Yep. There you go. Gray, worst book of the year. <laughs> Wow. Now, does that mean the, the hold on a second? So, does that mean that backdooring the brat is worse than Fifty Shades of Grey? I think it might. Uh, 
Sure. Yeah. All right. It's weirdly sandwiched in between gray and Fifty Shades of Gray. Probably yeah, in a way that it would enjoy. <laughs> uh, top two for the year of 2015. Um, Jeremy Robert Johnson, Skullcrack City. Uh, tremendous, tremendous book. And and really, for what you know, I had read of him um, up until that point, um, a little bit of a departure, but in a in a very, very good way. And then the top book, this should be no surprise to anybody who's familiar with 2015, A Head Full of Ghosts, Paul Tremblay. Um, uh, his book debuted in 2015 and was, uh, I don't know that there was a lot of, that there was a really close second for us that year. I right. don't feel there was. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, that was his kind of stepping into the new style because he had had, we did, um, swallowing a donkey's eye and he had those kind of crime detective novels before that. But like head full of ghosts was him like really stepping into this horror guy thing and he has just flourished very excited about that yep moving on to 2016 the bottom uh two at number two we eat our own i actually remembered what this book was but i had to look up the author's name kia wilson um that was uh film making in the jungle <laughs> cannibal i not i read it and i'm really not sure what, what cannibal it was book about. with no cannibalism in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, Zoo Two by James Patterson and and who? Michael Ledwidge. Ledwidge. Michael. Um, you know, we almost left uh, Wilson as the as the only one with uh, with two books on this list, but his team up with I don't. And and then again, what possessed us to read Zoo Two? Was it because Zoo had like some of the most listens on the podcast? Is that why we decided to do that? Because I can't imagine that we either one of us went willingly on this. Oh yeah, we were chasing hype, and it was. Uh one of those book shots so it was probably like 30 pages or something like that all right so that's uh unfortunate zoo three let me is there a zoo three <laughs> i don't think there is i think they were like no. man but there is a zoo tv show there is and we're gonna watch all of that and review it for you here in 2020 i don't know if i'm on board for that not either all right move so, us along my friend 2016 um is one of the years we were pretty split on what we appreciated. And I, I'm going to attribute that more to, we had so much more good stuff that there was just more to appreciate or whatever. Um, so we only have a, a top book for this year. Everybody is listening is like, finally fucking move this along. Mongrels, Stephen Graham Jones. So Stephen Graham Jones, second best book of the year. Mongrels was amazing, dude. I just remember that being such a cool story. Yeah, very cool. And, and again, a, a nice different look at something, a, a story we've heard or read, you know, many, many times over. Um, just Jones coming up with a way to tell that in a in a super fresh perspective. Yep. Now, before we jump into 2017, I just want to say 2017 was a year where we didn't read very much books at all. <laughs> and uh, so uh, less books to choose from. The ones that we thought were the worst probably weren't as bad as some of the other worsts that we've had. And, you know, maybe we didn't have the strongest entries for Well, I'm not going to say anything negative because obviously we love the books that we think are the best. But you know what I'm saying? We, like, the the pool was smaller, so it was more difficult to choose. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind when we talk about what our best and worsts were. Because the second worst book of 2017 was Dracula versus Hitler, which I actually remember being kind of fond of. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible book. But when you again, so when we say we didn't have a lot of books to pick from. We read 18 books that year. Our next lowest year, we read 24 books. And then after that, it's all in the 30s and 40s even. So it was it was a very light year for us and a little difficult to to, to call that list down. Yeah. Uh, but the worst book, 2017, um, we kind of agreed was Shadow Bond by um, Steve Erickson, which, um, again, I don't really think it was a bad book. It was just the one that we rated the lowest. So... If Steve Erickson happens to be listening, um, it's just, again, it's just how it shakes out. It's just numbers, man. Yeah. It's just numbers. <laughs> you're, you're only worse because of numbers. That's right. So 2017. <laughs> um, interestingly, um, we had two books that, that we were able to agree on as the best books of the year. And one of them is In the River um, by Jeremy Robert Johnson of Skullcrack City, which was number two in 2015. And number one was Entropy and Bloom by Jeremy Robert Johnson. 
Here's what looking at this list makes. I already thought this, but uh, here I'm going to say it now publicly out loud. Jeremy Robert Johnson needs to get the fuck back to work writing books. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah. So uh, the first time we had a sweep of the best books of the year, and it's uh, JRJ. Nice job, sir. 2018. Um, we had a we had a pretty clear cut <laughs> um, loser in in 2018, and I'm not going to say that. This wasn't the the numbers, whatever. This was on gut impulse. I didn't even have to look at the numbers for this one. Adjustment Day by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, potentially the book that let me down the most <laughs> since we've been doing the podcast. <laughs> well, we got another year to go. Well, yeah, I, I, I know. But the, the reason I say that is, like, I had super high expectations of a new Chuck Palahniuk book. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one missed the mark by so much that yeah so that's one of those books where um like there's certain books where you question how well it did when you're in like a half price books and there's like a like a display in the middle of the store that's all like not used but like new like signed editions of the book like so you know they just like oh it doesn't feel this, good huh? oh yeah <laughs> oh wow there was nice. i can't remember where i was but there was a half price books that had a huge adjustment day display and there were all books that were signed and they were at like regular retail price, or maybe even cheaper. Yeah. So Ugh. not bode not bode well. Oh man, I wish you would have gotten the the best books for this year. I mean, I could take it if you'd like. Uh, yeah, do it, and then I'll just wrap up twenty nineteen. Perfect. Twenty eighteen. Um, <laughs> twenty eighteen was a tough year to yeah. to make some decisions on. That's what I'll say. Is the twenty eighteen. Had a lot of really, really good books. But uh, after uh, crunching the numbers, um, we came up with two. Number two, Cherry by Nico Walker, who we're anxiously awaiting um, his prison release, because I definitely want to get that guy on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Cherry was a, a great book and a, and a super, super close second to number one. But number one, again, for anybody who's paying any attention at all, should not be surprised that Zoya Stage's Baby Teeth was our number one book of 2018. And, you know, for me personally, probably one of the top 10 books that we've reviewed. I, I might have to come up with a, a top 10 list at some point of my personal favorites. But uh, great job to Zoya Stage. Super excited about Wonderland coming out um, in 2020. Yeah, we'll definitely be reviewing that here and maybe we'll see if Zoya wants to come on and chat about it. Uh, interesting note about Cherry. Uh, for some reason, the episode, the audio episode that's in our podcast feed, did like kind of normal business to like all the other episodes. But for some reason, the YouTube version that gets automatically published when we put out an episode, like there's a YouTube um, video that's just there's no video, but you know you can play it, is on fire. Like we have like. Uh, I think it's over a thousand views of it, probably like well more than that, like maybe 1600. It's blown up and I can't figure it out unless like maybe that's how prison people can check out YouTube podcasts. They probably have access to YouTube, but not to podcast apps in prison. Yeah. So I guess it's a good thing we have those uh, YouTube versions of the episode. So we might be really popular. I hope that we didn't like shit talk prisoners now that I'm thinking about it. I, I doubt it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not opposed to people in prison if they're listening to this podcast. So, all right, 2019, this year. So you haven't heard any of this before. You've probably heard some of those in previous episodes, but this is fresh fresh information and um interestingly me and livius completely agreed with the bottom three so we have three uh the third worst book of the year pandora room by christopher golden right also upsetting yeah well and that was an interesting thing because we read that was one of the times where we were reading the other nominees for an award um that's why we read the hunger by el makatsu and the Pandora Room, because uh, there was a, a mm -hmm. what award? I can't remember the award, but anyway, Stoker, Stoker, Stoker. There it is. So mm -hmm. those were that was one of the other nominees for the Stoker Award, which is always a good idea because, like, you know, you know, you would hope these are the best possible books in the field, but yeah, it just didn't didn't hit for either of us. Number two, second worst book of the year in contrast to everything we've read <laughs> is trust exercise 
by Susan Choi. That was her name, I believe. It is Susan Choi. Um, interesting note on that. If you didn't listen to the previous episode, we were reading that to determine if it was the best book of 2019. And out of 33 books, it came in 32nd. 32nd, yeah. <laughs> now, the 33rd book of the year, <laughs> or the first worst, however you want to think about it. And probably one of the most disappointing reads I've I've experienced in my entire uh, time on the podcast is Carrie Mora by Thomas Harris. And <sighs> I don't even know what to say. It's just so... I imagine the people that read that um, that Harper Lee book that came out after, you know, Oh, the 50 sequel years. To, to Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine it's pretty much in that category of disappointment. It's, you know, in that one, you know, we talked a lot. And, and again, I have no facts, but I'm pretty sure that that's the publisher to blame on that. Right. Um, so, you know, sorry, Thomas Harris. But, yeah, that one, that one was a little rough, man. Look for another publisher, a better editor or something. Or just enjoy the fact that you've been one of the best authors that's ever existed and call it a day. You can do that too. That's yeah. That's another thing. There are plenty of <laughs> options for you, Mr. Harris. Or plenty just don't options. take our advice. Cause you don't care what we say pretty much. Uh, Oh, I get to do the top ones as well. This is very exciting. So we didn't have uh, three. We only uh, agreed on two. And I think this is because we did 33 books this year and there was so many good ones. Um, we both kind of took stock and realized that we gave so many positive ratings to so many books that maybe we got to be more careful. Maybe we got to throw a little bit more of the trust exercise in there just to kind of balance things a little bit. Uh, so second best book of 2019, uh, we agreed was inspection by Josh Mallerman. What a fucking just unique and interesting story that was. And, and the way that like there was that kind of third act twist that just smacked you in the face, man, mm -hmm. such a great book. Yep, for sure. And easily one of, you know, my favorite books of the year. Um, I hope so. And best book of 2019. I don't I don't think anybody would be surprised by this. It's The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, we've been waiting the entire like history of the podcast almost for her second book to come out. And uh like thankfully uh I think it even steps up. I think it's better than Night Circus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she tackled a, a pretty big topic. I mean, the topic of stories in a story, which is a, a interesting inception type stuff happening there. And yeah, I mean, when I look back at this list, you know, I mean, I, I could start to sum up who some of my favorite authors are. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a weird thing to look back at, at all of these reviews. Um, this is based on 279 um, books that we reviewed on the podcast in the decade. Um, so we did keep a couple out of here. So no, notable mentions to um, favorites that we reviewed. So anything by uh, Richard Lehman, um, the Raw Shark text uh, was removed from the list for not being published in the decade, as was Apathy and Other Small Victories by Paul Nealon. Um, I'm sure that some of those would have wound up on these lists. Uh, maybe not the Richard Lehman stuff, but, um, you know, so so we did exclude some books from this just because they weren't written in the time frame. Right. And the thing about like you almost there's almost negatives to doing like a best or worst kind of list, because it, in my mind, I'm thinking about all the people that I think deserve attention that didn't make it on the list. Like we discovered Megan Abbott as we were, you know, doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. And anytime she has a book come out or anytime I see a book of hers in a bookstore and I don't have it, I buy it. I think she's fucking amazing. Um, and that never would have happened without the podcast. So, I mean, looking at the list of the stuff we've reviewed, I think we could come up with a ton of just really rock solid names that didn't necessarily make it on the list, but are just amazing authors. Mark Z. Danielewski didn't come up on any of our top lists, but like he's doing amazing stuff. For sure. For sure. It's tough too, because when I look at these books and we say, okay, these are the best books of the decade, you know, I don't know that my number three book, you know, on some year that was tough to pick, you know, wouldn't have outranked my number one book in another year. So take it for what it's worth. We selected books um, from each year to, to feature. Um, so it's not like a definitive ranking. I don't know. I want to do a definitive yeah. ranking. That'd be really tough. Well, it's also among the books that we, we reviewed 
and your point is very valid because I loved reading The Warehouse this year, and I loved reading uh, Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. I loved, uh, you know, so many of the books we read. Recursion by Blake Crouch was awesome. Yes, um, for sure. You know, so if we did a top, if we did a top ten list without the restriction of one each year, yeah, I think the list would look really different. For sure. I know I blurted out some of these stats, but do you want to run through some of this oh. decade stat stuff? Uh, yeah, I'll try and stick to interesting stuff. So, uh, just like the big numbers, um, 279 books, uh, Livius mentioned as the number of books we've reviewed. And it's a little weird because some episodes we've reviewed more than one book. Like we had that, uh, Nancy Drew Hardy boys one that was two books in one episode. So like, it doesn't match up to how many reviews we've done, but 279 books have been reviewed by us. Um, for a total of 83,544 pages. That was a lot of, we're going to have to have a hundred thousand page celebration, like subscriber, like YouTube subscribe, you know, when they get their like hit a milestone, I think uh, we're going to do a special episode around the hundred thousand page mark. Our favorite page from every year of the podcast. Our fa- <laughs> I don't even know what to think about that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, we've read a lot, but uh, just to talk about like, output of content content that we created i think this is interesting to think about too over the course of the what 8.7 years or whatever we've been doing this uh we've put out a total of not including the episode you're listening to at this very moment 472 episodes for a total duration of 475 hours 45 minutes which means we're hitting that one hour mark every fucking time (laughs) yeah yeah holy shit man um now surprisingly it's been about four years that we've been doing this because it feels like such a new thing uh we've done actually a lot more spoiler talk than i really thought about we've done spoiler talk for 51 books which holy shit (laughs) is that that's i mean this is this wasn't a typo right 51 I'm genuine. I'm not faking this. I'm genuinely surprised because if you would ask me, I'd say we're probably at like 25. Right. It doesn't seem like it's been something we've been doing oh. very long, but we've been doing them since like 2015. Oh, uh, yeah. So almost so more than half the time we've been doing the podcast. Anyway, 51 spoiler talks totaling 15 hours and 12 minutes of content, which is an average of about 18 minutes per spoiler talk. So that's insane. 51 books. So that means that the moment you Patreon, I'm going to go right into a little plug here. <laughs> the moment you join up for Patreon, you've got over a half a day's spoiler talk to catch up on for that $1 you spent that first month. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that $1 at the end of this episode too. But but, um, that's a total of, of I'm looking at a list here. I'm not doing math. It's 29,457 minutes. Which is 491 hours, which is 20 and a half days. It would take you three weeks of doing nothing but listening to this podcast, not sleeping, not taking a break, <laughs> just in your ears to listen to all the content we put out. That is fucking stunning. I think the CIA is using that as a te- technique to get information out of people. Well, we have we have enough content up that somebody could use that fake voice thing. You remember that was going around um, a few months ago? How they could fake? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there's totally... plenty of content. That's a good um, idea. Let's just <laughs> we should do that. We don't have to do the podcast anymore. We'll just deep fake it or whatever. There you go, deep fake. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think honestly, I think Thomas Joyce just fucking gave up on listening to anything because he was he was doing the challenge he was listening oh to yeah and he was posting episode. the things he listened to yeah and i'm thinking that you know i mean i hope nothing bad happened to him but i, I hope we didn't drive him to like fucking insanity or anything i haven't heard from him in a while we have to do a safety check on him just to make sure that uh we didn't drive him <laughs> insane with our podcast that's hilarious anyway i guess the point i'm trying to make is um not that everybody should listen to all of them. That that's all fun and jest or, or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't realize how much fucking time we spend on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that's not my resignation letter. But holy fuck, man! 
because the the thing to remember is yeah. we spent 21 days talking and that's edited right so on top of that you could probably add on another three days at least or four days of you and i getting ready for the podcast talking after the podcast about podcast stuff but then think about how many fucking books we've read so we have dedicated a solid what 60 70 80 full days like yeah you know what i mean to to this so when you think about it most people work like an eight hour a day job so you know if you think about it that way We've put weeks and weeks and weeks of solid work into this podcast over the last eight years, and I'm very proud of what we've done. But it's it's a little staggering to see it all collected in one place. Yeah, yeah. I got I got it in my head that I wanted to be able to like better um, understand what we've done, and I started building this like database of information uh, in the last year or so, and. Uh, it's not even like it's going to get even more freaky the next time we do a year in review I'm going to be able to tell you how many times David James Keaton has been on the podcast and stuff whether it's like a reading an interview a review so like I'm going to go even deeper down this rabbit hole but I mean come on like this is um, it's something that I am very proud of this not the not the spreadsheet which is really cool our effort our effort yeah for sure yeah um, I don't know how much there is to talk about 2019, if I'm being honest. We covered our, our top three books, but, um, I mean, there's probably some memorable moments in there that we should mention. Anything come to mind? Uh, well, if you want to talk about the content of the podcast, yeah. So we had um, a handful of interviews, and I think that um, one of the ones that I'm happiest with was when we had Richard Chismar on. He's the most recent interview we did. And the reason is... Um, we've always been aware of cemetery dance and we've always had an idea of the importance of, of cemetery dance, but we've never, for some reason, interacted with them. And when he had his, uh, Gwendy's magic feather book come out, that's when we decided we were going to pull the trigger on it. And it's like, man, this guy is amazing and he's humble and he is very positive about, you know, the industry that he works in and specifically in horror, and why didn't we talk to this guy six or seven years ago? It's a very good point. It's definitely one of the the highlights of the year for me. And then again, anybody who's been listening should not be surprised by the next moment I mention. We got Mark Z. Danielewski on the podcast, something that we had lightly talked about probably four or five years ago when we met him at the book signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, we just decided to go for it this year and he was gracious enough to, to join us. We had the first interview with him about the little blue kite, uh, really insightful interview. If you didn't catch that one, I did that one and the Chismar one for sure. Go back and listen. They're, they're both, um, not only will you get to hear us, um, sit in stunned silence talking to people who are far more interesting than us, but there's a lot of good information to be gleaned about writing, um, publishing, uh, storytelling, uh, so much good stuff in those two interviews that if you want a primer to the world of, of producing written content, those are two interviews I would direct you to. Yeah. And my thoughts on the Daniel Esky one is if you just want to hear what it's like for two people to try and like mentally keep pace with someone who is obviously like thinking on, on a different level, that's a good episode to listen to. Yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding <laughs> at all. Word. Yeah, excellent interviews. Um, it was a good year for interviews. Didn't we kick it off with uh, Les Edgerton talking about his mm-hmm. memoir, Adrenaline Junkie? Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. That's got a lot of crazy stuff in it. <laughs> I didn't even think about yeah. that. <laughs> we only did um, six interviews this year, Yeah. but they were very high-quality um, interviews and, and you know and I, I, I'm not going to say that I couldn't look back to another year and, and be like oh yeah you know that year is a better year for interviews but this year particularly stands out as, as super high quality content in the interview department for me yeah and, and honestly like after we got that Duchovny interview in August of 2018 mm-hmm. it's like well what the hell are we going to do now and I feel like we I, I like there wasn't a decline in quality just because he was like, you know, a bigger name than maybe the other people we got, we're still putting out excellent interviews. So that, that fear at the time of being like, well, we're never going to top Duchovny, uh, totally, totally went away. For sure. And we've got, 
We've got some things in the works for this year, too. I mentioned earlier that that um, I'm hoping that Zoya Stage will join us again, which was a, a wonderful interview from 2018. Yep. Uh, I'd love to talk to her again. But we're, uh, we're, we're doing a little more reaching out of late um, than we have. And that's... Uh, not to bring you guys better content, quite honestly. It's to feed our own, <laughs> to feed our own like needs and desires. So. Oh yeah, it's selfish. Um, but yeah, you know, the byproduct of that is that uh, we're hoping to bring you guys more great content, not just from from book reviews, because we've got a ton lined up for 2019. But hopefully, uh, some some other great interviews too. Did you say lined up for 2019? I think you meant 2020. I probably meant 2020. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we should take a moment to talk about the absolute most significant moment uh, to happen for the podcast in 2019, uh, which was when I got new license plates for my car. (laughs) Yeah, that is so fucking cool. I've shown that picture to like at least a dozen people. (laughs) So not only did Rob buy this badass pimp mobile, um, that was this year, right? Uh, Did you get that this year? It was in 2018? It was the end of 2018. It was like November. Okay. but this year, he crowned them with booked license plates. <laughs> crowned it with booked license plates, I guess. But uh, badass pimp ride. So, um, Rob, you have a Chrysler 300-something, yeah. right? The yeah. letter after it? Yeah. C. Yeah, C. With beautiful black, right? Gorgeous, sleek. I drive like a like a four-cylinder, um, like small SUV, you know. But now Rob's got these pimp plates, too, just to further <laughs> embarrass me in, in, my, in my ride. So, uh uh, I am so glad that you finally pulled the trigger on that. I mean, it, we had talked about it for a long time. So uh, really excited to see that you uh, you pulled the trigger and it looks wonderful on that car. It does. It's uh, yeah, it's very good. And um, I don't want you to feel left out, though. So I'm, I'm going to that little like website where you can um, see if license plates are available. I really mm-hmm. think in 2020, you need to get the Livazon license plates because that's available. <laughs> I, well, I was gonna guess that one's available. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a live on. Love it. Let's see, booked two, also available. <laughs> well, booked one is probably available, right? Let's find out. Oh, you're gonna put a one so that you're more important than me. Well, booked one is not available. <laughs> what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if vanity plates are in my future. I don't know, man. They just so we both live in Illinois. They already increased the the license plate registration by fifty um, percent mm-hmm. as of the first of this year. So I'm thinking the vanity plates are, are even more now. Oh, I just clicked off the website, or I could have told you. So yeah. Ugh. Well, Livazon, Livazon's in your future. You just got to get a Chrysler three like three hundred like me and uh, whip some plates on there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, overall, um, just a terrific year for the podcast. Um, tons of great content. And when I say that, like, I'm not trying to sell you, the listener, on the fact that it was great content. Like, I'm impressed with the content, um, which, you know, it, which which waxes and wanes, uh, you know, over the course of the year. Sometimes I get off an episode and I go, eh, we probably didn't bring our all to that one. Um, this year was was a series of, of terrific episodes. We did another um, this year three um, holiday episodes, so live Facebook episodes that you could join and watch that are forever preserved on Facebook. Um, just lots of fun stuff. So, how about we want to talk about the biggest betrayal of of the podcast history? We should, yes. Um, so I did. I did now what would be considered the second biggest betrayal, <laughs> which was that yeah. time that yeah. me and uh, Ryan, the former marketing intern. Uh, recorded ourselves driving to get some beer and we put that up as an episode um, which was just basically like random everyday chat about life like what movies were out at the time and stuff uh livius let that one simmer i think for a couple years and he didn't retaliate until this year when we had dino parenti uh this is back in may uh be the other be the second host for a book review and i did not appear on this episode at all even for a second you were given the option on that one i would like to remind you to, oh yeah because um, i refused yeah. to well i guess i did you know what I think remembering now i did kind of plant the seed because you're like we want to read the mister and i was like you're going to read that with someone else so i kind of did <laughs> 
No, because I remember asking if you wanted to come on and kind of play the, you know, I, I didn't read the book, so I have questions, you know, oh. kind, of, kind of role. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, when you're slighted, you cannot respond in kind. You have to respond tenfold. So it didn't take a long time for me to take the opportunity of Rob being out of town for two weeks, basically, to, you know, uh, lather, rinse and repeat and have Frank Edler join me for an episode in which we reviewed uh, Mannequin something. Terror Mannequin. Terror Mannequin is what it was called, um, which was a super fun book to review. Uh, Frank's been a longtime friend of this podcast. You can catch him over at the Bazong podcast, which uh, by and large, he interviews bizarro authors. Um, but he's a he's a good guy, uh, a lot of fun, and I appreciate uh, both him and Dino joining me for Robless reviews. Oh man, now it's got its own uh, <laughs> its own fucking title. You heard me say tenfold, right? Now, if you do the math, we're twofold oh, at this no. point. Shit, so, yeah, we got eight Don't more folds. More fucking episodes. Don't fucking do any more episodes without me. That's all I'm saying. Well, now I feel like I have to do another episode without you. To res- in response to the two that you've done without me. Yeah. Listen, the next time E.L. James has a book come out, I welcome you <laughs> to do what I had to do to do an episode without you. <laughs> well, to quote myself um, in this back and forth we're going through here, um, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world really good at taking out eyes. There you go. You should put that on a coffee mug. It's on my Twitter. <laughs> It's a tweet. I found oh, it. Okay. It was a good old tweet. I was scrolling through for some reason. And I was like, wait, that's actually really clever. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. And it fits. So we're going to push past 2019. It was a great year for the podcast. 2020, as I mentioned, um, we already have, I think it's like a dozen books slated. Um, we already know what our first review of the year is going to be, but I don't think we're telling you just yet. Um, but it is uh, another longtime friend of the podcast. And I guess I can hint a little, right, Rob? You can tease. This announcement came so a lot of times we know months and in some cases years in advance. This announcement was made very shortly before its potential release date, which is later this month. We found out about it just days ago. We have secured copies for ourselves. And uh, we already have uh, review number one for the year slated. But yeah, I think that puts us at 10 or 13 or something that we have scheduled for the year already. I'm looking at that list right now because I I can pick up on cues. Um, And for the 2020 year, we have 12 12 books on our list, not counting the one that Livius Mm -hmm. was just talking about. So yeah, a good dozen uh, episodes. So if you think about it, that's... If we go on what we read in 2019, that's one third of the books that we could likely read in 2020 are already planned out. If, if you go by 2017, that's two thirds <laughs> of the books yeah, already better than two thirds. So um, we are going to be revamping our Patreon in 2020. So there will be some changes occurring. Um, I'm sure you'll get some kind of notification or something, something. I don't understand how Patreon works. Um but yeah, we're going to we're going to redo how we handle Patreon. So we'll continue to bring you spoiler talk and who knows, maybe some other stuff through Patreon, but we are going to shift rewards around. Some rewards sadly will be going away. Yeah, um so it in a weird kind of move for 2018, um instead of mugs, we just sent everybody a holiday shirt um because that was honestly better than whatever mug we would have created and then for 2019 those mugs are going to be going out very soon with kind of the final design for our our mugs um my mug tier and then we're gonna we're gonna be retiring mugs and um we'll see what type of other things we have for our revamped schedule we have to have a uh a booked meeting to figure out what is best for our uh, Patreon supporters and stuff, but uh, mugs, mugs will be going away. We've always had like a touch and go, uh, I think, relationship with merchandise in general, because when we don't have merchandise, everybody wants it, and when we do have merchandise, nobody seems to be doing much with it. So um, this is kind of one of those ebbs where um, merch is on the downs downturn. So we're we're gonna take a look at where we can go in a different direction. We will continue to bring you great, great content. Like I said, um, I'm expecting at least 
to match 2019 six interviews. Um, there will be some interlude episodes, of course, as we need to take weeks off from from what we do. Um, and and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what else materializes uh, throughout the year. But uh, all I can say is with the things I know that are going on behind the scenes, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited um, to get together with Rob, kind of solidify these things. I expect that probably sometime in February we might have a slightly new format that we're working with. We'll mm, see how that wanna, goes. Do you want to tease that one a little? or? I mean, I'll let you tease it as much as you'd like. Uh, all I'm going to say is there we've had weird we have we've had a, a a stable of formats of episodes that we've used pretty regularly throughout the years. Obviously, reviews, interviews, interludes. We've done live episodes, and then some have come and gone. Wheel of Meat, we haven't seen in a while, although Livius keeps threatening me with mm-hmm. <laughs> with it. Uh, we did those intro too. We did a couple of those episodes. The three author interviews were were something we did for a while. Um, and, and I was, I had an inspiration recently based on, um, one of our most recent episodes of a way that we could kind of explore, um, the idea of book popularity. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But if we, if we work out how that works, yeah, we might be introducing a new, f- new type of episode type of review. <laughs> And then based on information that Rob brought to my attention during this episode, we're going to try to reach out even deeper into the prison population. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Booked, uh, w- booked is a double entendre in that particular. <gasps> oh, <laughs> man. I wonder if that's how people find us. Like they're, they're, they're search, they search for booked and then they're like, wait, Cherry. Nico, hold on. I know Nico. He's down in cell block F. Hey, guys, listen. Check this out on YouTube. They're talking about (laughs) Nico. Oh, all right. I don't think we're going to get better humor than that. Well, probably not. Uh, Oh, one thing I will say is that probably in the upcoming months, um, I will be making public through some sort of like Google spreadsheet thing um, my progress with acquiring physical copies of every book that we've reviewed. Um, and just for an update for that, I am at a total of 173 of the, what did we say? 279, I guess, books. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to say it yeah. right here. If you have a copy of the stud book laying around and you're, uh, you've bought new coasters, new beer coasters, <laughs> and you're not using it anymore, please reach out to Rob, get his address and send it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And that way I'm thinking if you're an author and you want to send me a special copy, obviously I'll pay for all of this stuff, but like. I would prefer to have a signed book to a not signed book. So maybe this will help me um, kind of specialize the collection a little bit. There you go. Yeah. I don't have anything else, man. I am. Uh, I'm glad we put 2019 to bed um, in, in, especially in those couple months leading up to, to the end there. I think that we did some, had some really great content. I am super excited to get into the first book of 2020. Yeah, uh, we have weird milestones coming up, too. Like, obviously, we'll be at our ninth year. We're almost at 500 episodes, so we'll probably do something special for that. Like Olivia said, 100,000 pages. So look forward to more celebrations of, like, the crazy milestones we're reaching as we get to almost 10 years of doing this podcast, which is completely insane. For sure. Um, I closed out the last episode with some terrible singing. I'm not going to repeat that. You started uh, this week. Actually, you, that was at the beginning of the episode, too. I put it up at the front. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Well, you probably heard that. If not, go listen to that and consider that my closing. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. Happy New Year to all of you guys. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. I'm not going to top that. Keep reading. <laughs>